Just what is authenticity? How do we know we're experiencing it in our daily lives? What are the moments in our life that have led us to a better understanding of who we are as people? These conversations and more happen right here on The Authenticity Experiment. I'm your hostess. My name is Megan Williams. I'm a licensed therapist in the state of Arizona, and I have spent my career helping people find their most authentic versions of themselves and live and grow inside of that authenticity. And now I get to share the stories of people who have taken their own pathway to authenticity. Just a general content warning, most episodes of the Authenticity Experiment have themes that can be considered triggering for some. Please listen at your own pace and understand that when people tell their stories, it's part of their healing journey. And by listening to the stories of others, we can feel less alone. However, if there is content in this episode that you find triggering, please consult with your mental health professional or reach out to me and I can provide you with resources in order for you to start coping with the stress that you may be experiencing in your own life. Hey everybody, just a quick pop in to say thank you for having some patience with me while I took a brief hiatus because self-care is important. I'm a big advocate for self-care and there are times in my life when I cannot do all of the things, so I need to take a break. I do have some amazing guests coming up for you in the following weeks, along with some episodes where it's just me talking about how we get to our own identity, how we find our authenticity, what it means to have authentic boundaries, those kind of things. Those are all coming up. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. You can get me through the podcast's Instagram at Authenticity Experiment, or you can email me at Megan at T-H-A-T-Z-O-N-A dot L-I-F-E. That's Megan at ThatZona dot Life. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another conversation in the Authenticity Experiment. I am super excited to to introduce you to a a lady that I got to meet in some other spaces and circles, and her energy is infectious. Um, I love the way her brain works, and even when she is pretending to be somebody else in some kind of a parody or an impression, you can still see her light shining through them. And, uh, and I'm just super excited to introduce you to my friend Jenny today. And I'll let Jenny tell you a little bit about who she is and what she does and all that fun stuff. Thank you, Megan. Why are you making a tear spring to my eyes so early on this beautiful fall morning, autumn morning? Wow. You know, I am so grateful to be here. And truly, truly, when you posted today um, on Instagram and you had that wonderful caption, I, I did say, I'm so grateful to have met you that, you know, coming out of multi-level marketing is how we have the common ground and finding you on social media and through the different connections we have, mutual, mutual friends. Um, this is incredible. I'm grateful, grateful to be here. And when you mentioned the parodies, I do feel like uh, she can come on in. Sorry. Um, I do feel like I need to get back to some of that because your this platform here and the authenticity project uh for each person on who who are we what what really makes us tick what does light us up inside 
how are we fulfilling, you know, desires or goals? And I, sometimes I wonder, I'm at this point in my life, what, what do I enjoy and what are the motivators? Uh, what, you know, what are, what are the things that light me up? Cause it can evolve and change. And sometimes I feel like I'm automatically re- relying on an old way or an a, a way that I've matured out of or aged out of or evolved out of. And um, it's, it's just, it's, it's all a discovery, right? Every single solitary day. <laughs> and all of those pieces of who we have been inform who we are. And, and who we are today is no matter what it looks like, if we're embracing that this is just who I am today and it could change tomorrow, like, yeah. cool, might not be the best version of me, but this is what I got and this is who I am. And here we go. Yes, yes, exactly. A little bit about me as far as, um, you know, what what's brought me here today to sit with you. As you know, I had been in a multi-level marketing company or two or three. (laughs) Okay. I feel like, um, I feel like three is the magic number. A lot of people, uh, feel like the grass will be greener in that other company or joining this other community or by way of another acquaintance or friend that it looks so attractive. It looks so like it might be something that does light me up or something I enjoy. And And so uh, I was with a couple of companies and it was because of the wanting and craving connection with other women. I will say a lot of the motivators for me in my adult life, I was a new mom and straddling and balancing a corporate job, but also raising kids, the marriage and everything that goes along with that. And I wanted to just know I had, I, I wanted to make friends, honestly, Megan, like I was looking for, where's the girls I run with, where, who can I meet for a coffee or is there a club, a membership, a, a society, a, a volunteer project? Like, where am I going to go to just feel connected in my physical community? But as we all know, online offers so much as well as more of a big, broad place to meet people. So I will say multi-level marketing, I understand why people get into that and go down that path because it, that's a component that is dangled out there and advertised as part of the allure. You know, this is what we have to offer over here, a way of life, a way of feeling like you're stepping into your purpose and fulfilling so much for yourself, but with other women and with other people that have like-minded goals, like-minded aspirations as you. And also we'll be working on ourselves. We want to grow and be all the, all the, as all the language is there, right. That you and I might even talk about today, because who doesn't want to continue to grow, evolve, discover who you are? How, how do I show up authentically? How do I stop feeling like I'm performing or putting something on to be with and in and amongst people or to make those friends? So yeah, that was a, that was what drew me to companies like that, or even organizations like multi-level marketing, network marketing, as a side thing, uh, a hobby, a a personal project, a personal project. And so I'm not with those companies anymore. And if you if anyone were to be out there and 
fall upon my social media platforms, you'd probably just see me taking it the day by day, posting what I like anymore, just posting what my sense of humor is or what I find funny or delightful or thought provoking, meaningful, um, you know, pushing into and wanting to have dialogue with people. Um, if they're watching my stories, Hey, what do you all think about this, uh, issue today? I feel like it's a little unfair, but maybe I'm, you know, I'm seeing it through a certain lens and I like to have that sort of dialogue. So I'm just kind of out there now, whether I continue in comedy or parodies or, um, continue speaking out against multi-level marketing companies, because I do believe they're unethical. And I'm sure you've explored that on a lot of episodes here. Um, and you have your amazing workbook to help people work through their exodus from such an organization. I will, I will continue to just kind of discover what, what the passions are, but social media has its, um, downfalls as well it has its pitfalls for someone like me and in the area of mental health or taking care of my emotional well-being I think we all need to you know be aware of that as well I think you know there's because there's two sides to that right the first is, is that we see other things and we see what other people are doing we see most of the time a mask that mm -hmm. other people have put out into the world and then we start comparing our insides to their public persona and and not even just like super public but even just what they're putting out into the world of how they want to be perceived mm -hmm. we're comparing how we feel on the inside or what's happening for us with what we see them doing and wondering if we're doing it right and then there's that pressure to put that same kind of mask on mm -hmm. when we go into that public arena space and and who are we and what do we do and um, it does start to take its toll because it becomes that idea of, do people really like me for mm. me or mm -hmm. do they like me because of who they think I am? And yes, and yes, that, I think that that's something I'll deep dive in on, uh, you know, as I get into my fifties, which is in a couple of months, <laughs> I'm 49 now and it's, it's a never ending. I'm sorry. Anyone listening who's, you know, younger in their twenties, it's never, it never ends. We're on, we're on this journey, such a heavy word or like overused word, but we are. And it's, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can have, it's not, it's not scary to change, but I do feel like a different person than uh, I was before. But because of that, because of that exploration, Am I showing up as what people expect and to meet and to rise to what I believe they think I should be or yeah. And that, so going back to, you mentioned the parodies and I do have fun performing, acting. Uh, I love making people laugh. I mean, I, that is gratifying beyond, beyond, beyond. And I'm realizing so much of my life and we can explore some of this with, with our conversation too. my mental health trichotillomania, body-focused repetitive behaviors, a touch of OCD, I believe, you know, things that I'm, diagnoses I have. It's a dopamine seek, you know, it's a dopamine seek. So, oh, making people laugh. I mean, feed me. I am, I am well-nourished. Like that is like, ah, and I'm, yeah, that makes me just buzz and light up big time. 
However, yeah, then it's like, but is that now the expectation? So is that why I feel drained or exhausted or over drawn on my energy to even think about going out into the world, showing up, being in this space, being in that space or amongst this group of people or that group of people or in this family or friend dynamic. And I think that's an, an amazing conversation because as far as authenticity and who we are and what we want, being okay with establishing a new, a new and healthy and balanced way to show up. It's like, instead of constantly wondering, are they perceiving me? And am I, am, am I meeting what they perceive to be me? That mask, right? I'm probably not articulating this very clearly. No, you, you are always very articulate and very clear. And that's one of the things I always appreciate about you. Because even when you're processing out loud, because I process out loud too. Yeah. yeah. Um, even when you're processing out loud, I you can follow your thought process in a way that that's just, it, I, I don't ever want to interrupt you because okay. like, I, I want you to, because you, you make complete sense to me. Other okay. people, I don't know, but you make sense to me. So it's good. <laughs> okay. I hope so. Cause yeah. And I was, I was talking with my husband about this recently. It's, and it's, isn't that funny when you do think back to childhood, I mean, zero to 15 years old and I have behaviors today. I have mechanisms today that just absolutely cemented in at that point. And part of it is making people laugh. If I am pleasing and or palatable for the room and, you know, and if, if a mood can be lifted or if I feel some part of that, then everything is okay. Then I'm, then, then there's this, maybe it's false, but a sense of I'm centered. Okay. I'm good. I'm safe. Mm -hmm. I'm safe. I think that, you know, that's something I'm coming to realize. So not that I don't want to do comedy or, um, you know, those characters or voices or continue to explore. I feel I am a creative person and I do express myself in those ways and I hope to continue to do it, but it's, it's just taking a little different turn. Mm -hmm. And I do love you giving me or anyone permission to say that's, that's absolutely okay. Lean into that, explore that. It can be different, you know, it can take a different turn and never be afraid of um, truly flushing all that out. What would comedy look like now that um, the world is different <laughs> since 2019, 2020, I'm different. Um, my kids are older. I'm getting older, uh, you know, experiences land and imprint on us every single day. So of course, um, so that's kind of where I'm at. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting, but when you have, when you talk about the mask and that persona, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? The past 10, 20 years with this social media, um, the social media critical tipping point now, really mm -hmm. everyone has a brand, everyone, every one of us posting the, the picture of the family wedding or posting, um, uh, you know, a thought or a, a thought or a feeling we're having, sharing what we what we want to or not, filtering, editing, photoshopping. Um, it's incredible. The persona is real. It's not just for a Kardashian or an A-list celebrity anymore or a politician. Like the persona 
and sort of that alter ego and or the, that outsides versus insides is a hundred percent a thing for everyone. If you, if you have a social media platform. Yeah. Well, it's, it becomes one of those things where when you enjoy doing something and it, and it does bring you fulfillment and it's kind of a part of your, just who you are as a person, that ingrained stuff, there becomes this shift where it has to be, am I doing this for other people or am I doing it for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing it because it's what's expected from other people, it becomes a lot more draining. And when I'm able to do it because it's what I just really want to do today. And if other people find it and like it, cool. If people don't ever find it or it just completely drops out, but I think it's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Right. That brings us to monetization because that may be the, the, what is um, coloring and shading the social media experience for any one person take an influencer because what you're saying is there's that demand now so you see people in mlms and just also um marketers and brilliant personalities actors comedians people just going viral and garnering an audience take elise myers for example omaha girl what's up (laughs) (laughs) um absolutely like you look at someone like her down to earth I don't, nothing resonates pretentious. It's not glam. It's not bougie. It's not luxe. She's just like hanging out in her t-shirts and, you know, athletic shorts and just talking about her life and her mental health. And so much honesty is coming through. Mm -hmm. And there's also those personalities that uh, cook or put on makeup or give tutorials on how to curl hair. There's gentle parenting accounts. You know, it runs the gamut. But when someone is resonating as, honest and transparent and the audience and those of us that just gravitate toward oh this is amazing I want to hear more of what they have to say I just resonate with that perspective so much now there's this demand so how does that change yeah a person's ability to show up um, whether it be online or even in life in their corporate office in their church in their communities at their kids schools or sports events it is, it, it does shade that and color it a little bit, the demand. And so when people are monetizing social media, which I will admit, that's why I'm originally as well was so attracted to this network marketing business and those organizations that were recruiting people like you and me, you can, you know, you can be online and make money just talking about the things you love, just being authentic. Mm-hmm. And thought, really? Wow. But as soon as there is like, didn't you show up today? Aren't you going to talk about the sale or take someone like Elise Myers, who's not with network marketing? Uh, You know, you have a brand deal. They have an expectation. There's a timeline now. And so how does that, that's inevitably going to, going to drain someone and or exhaust what was so, so original and so honest in the first place. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big nut to crack because who doesn't want to feel like, oh, online is this passive income stream. Somehow my personality, my talents, my skills, my perspectives, my, you know, um, my expertise, maybe I can, you know, make, uh, make something out of this, a business, uh, fulfill a need for, for people who want my services or who continue to subscribe to my channel. 
Um, but somehow it, it, it really does. It can, I suppose, if, if especially if people aren't careful, really shade it and color it a different way. If we're not I, careful. I contribute it to, I call it the American Idol effect. Mm. So before, so for, for the younger folks that are listening, there aren't very many younger folks that listen, but for the younger folks that are listening, um, you know, American Idol was the first real major um, reality television show where somebody who was just walking down the street in their hometown could be catapulted into the public spotlight very quickly, right? Um, there was some other reality TV stuff like game shows and things along those lines, but American Idol is where it was really that transformative, mm-hmm. your, your quote unquote, nobody to a quote unquote, somebody overnight mm-hmm. in America and other people investing in you and being edited in a way that makes you palatable and brings you a, an audience base and that kind of thing. And then, you know, as social media grew, regular people who wanted to be seen, validated, noticed, started figuring out that they could use social media as a way to catapult themselves into celebrity status. Um, You know, YouTube was the first major platform for that is where you can take the ordinary and become extraordinary. Yes. Justin Bieber. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at regular, like, I don't, I haven't had regular television in over a decade, um, but if you look, even when I look through some of my streaming services, all the new TV shows, like almost 90% of the television shows that are available today are reality shows. Mm-hmm. There are yeah. entire channels about reality and peering into people's lives and what we think they look like and figuring out, am I doing it right? Yes. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the, the fake persona stuff that people feel like they need to adopt is because they just so desperately want to feel seen, validated, connected, and important because we don't let regular people feel important anymore. And to me, regular people are more important than the person that pops up on my television screen once a week pretending to be somebody else. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. That's, and that's, that's so interesting you say that because that is what TikTok and I suppose Vine to some extent, these you know, Instagram reels, that's what it delivers. Mm-hmm. If, if it's, if it's, and, and, and that's what it delivers is like this look into someone's mess or someone's um, real and raw gritty existence. Um, they're in their car crying after a meeting with their boss. There is just this like two minutes of, oh my gosh, I have a view into someone's trauma, but I'm riveted and I feel for them. And then I can support them with a comment or I can beat back a troll who's trolling them or, you know, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh. And we're gripped immediately. But as you say too, network, network TV certainly is continuing this reality trend, Mm -hmm. this reality trend of who's the next personality, who's the next uh, individual who will garner an audience and eyeballs and viewership and therefore money and advertisers and all of that. But on these scales from very, very small and 15 second videos on TikTok to, to the Kardashians on Hulu reality, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, it just becomes that thing too, where people start to feel like they own part of you. So um, one mm-hmm. of my favorite podcasts 
um, some of the the fan groups or what have you, there there's all this vitriol whenever that podcast the hosts decide to take a vacation or take a break. Mm. There's all this vitriol. Well, I wanted a new episode, and it's like you don't get to demand on their time just because they're a content creator doesn't mean that they are there to be like your court jester to dance whenever you want them to. They're human beings and they deserve breaks and vacations as well. And then there was this big hoop diddy ha ha when they started their own like podcasting network and stopped putting as much attention and focus on their own podcast that they've been doing for like six years, mind you. Right. And like at some point they're running out of content. They won't really, but at some point it's a true crime podcast. At some point they will run out of things that they really feel like they can talk about or that they've they've already covered once, right? And and it becomes this thing where you don't get to tell them how to dictate their career just because you may have started listening to them before anybody started listening to them and you've yeah. been a fan since the beginning and da, da da da. Well, you know what? Stuff changes and we don't like change as human beings. Right. No, that's so true. And again, like imagine the hosts of the podcast or that content creator who's been in the same niche for four years, five years they are entitled to grow and evolve. They are human. We've just been talking about how, like, I feel every day there's more experiences being imprinted on me or more um, different ways to, different lenses to look at life through. So come on. Right. Um, yeah. When, when you had scripts and, you know, Jennifer Aniston and, and, and David Schwimmer could show up and just become a character. Sure. That can go on for 10 years. That can go on for 10 years because they can go off and have their real life and be really who they are as people, human beings, but they are Ross and Rachel for 10 years, that's sustainable. Um, Michaela Nagara, the makeup artist on TikTok, who's right now being kind of taken down by that demand and that scrutiny and that um, just incredible... Um, incredible flip of a script she's a real person she's just on tiktok as herself doing makeup and talking about her favorite products i don't know how sustainable it is given what's happening to her or given what's happened to any kind of creator after two years when an old tweet is dug up and and there's a mob that wants to cancel them now you know what i'm saying like this is their real they're, they're not that's they're not we're not just canceling them playing a fictional character right <laughs> this is their life this right. is their life. And, um, and that's why, that's why the Kardashians don't even resonate as real or authentic anymore because they have just adopted their personas. That's what they portray. That's what they feel is going to deliver. That's what their advertisers will back and invest in. And so in a sense, they can still protect themselves or protect their real life or protect their, you know, behind the scenes stuff to a, to a degree. Right. Um, but they, they certainly love to let us think we're seeing it all. We're seeing everything. Yeah. Um, so incredible. It's so interesting to me. Um, what do you feel about the time, the, the timing with which, um, how fast everything moves now in terms of that, you know, you said a true crime podcast that runs out of content. What is your feeling about, let's take true crime, for example, real time, true crime and real time, um, 
news news breaks right we we you know the the person that's standing on their porch as hurricane ian is approaching and we're seeing live stream of a cat for hurricane you know we're seeing um in real time a missing woman gabby petito for instance and then tr- you know true crime um content creators and and people being able to in real time alongside criminal investigators and FBI develop a story d- discover discover clues and and put pieces together and and conspire right have conspiracy theories about what happened what do you feel about that like i just the pace of what's viral what's relevant and and the fact that it is real human lives and real impact is mind blowing to me, mind blowing to me. I don't see it slowing down, but what's your take? And so I, uh, I actually have a degree in communications, journalism, broadcasting. That was my first degree. So like I have a background in this before all of this stuff started. Right. And when I was taught how to formulate and develop a story as a professional was that it, you didn't want to release right away. Yes, you wanted to try to be first, but it was more important to have quality. And nowadays it's more about who can get the information out first, so much so that a lot of news organizations have typos throughout their online stories. And I'm like, how, how is that even a thing? Like you should at least be able to run a spell check before you put something on the internet. Like you're killing me with this. Um, and yes. then I have, I have a background in law enforcement. Like I've worked inside of law enforcement arenas and and not as an officer, but as a support staff. And I watch these things unfold. And if like in the Gabby Petito case, if they had found Brian Landry alive, all of those internet sleuths and all the people putting all this information out into the public um, could have completely sunk the ability to prosecute him effectively. Because there are pieces of evidence that, that the investigators need to have. And what if he hadn't have done it? Mm-hmm. What if it wasn't him? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what did we do? We just destroyed an entire, like the Richard Jewell situation in the Olympics. Yes. And, I and there are lots of people that may be listening to this that A, don't remember it or don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Richard Jewell's life was destroyed mm-hmm. because the media made him out to be the main suspect because law enforcement was looking at him. They were also looking at a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. His life was completely demolished because information was put out into the public before that it was even found to be true or not. Yes. Um, the other thing that I think happens with the way things move so quickly is, is it creates a lot of virtue signaling with mm-hmm. no action, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the Supreme Court decision earlier this year, flooding my social media for like a week and a half guess what not there anymore mm-hmm. and election time is coming up so people that care passionately about that issue one way or the other shouldn't you be talking about it now when it will actually make a difference yes right yes. like all this virtue signaling because we got to keep up with the trend and what's happening next instead of like well that doesn't give us the opportunity to resolve this one thing over here And a lot of stuff that I see happening now is, is that we have no forgiveness for people. Yeah. I don't know about you. I'm going to assume that you've had the same experience that I've had in life, but I've done some stuff that I'm not real proud of in my life. I have made some really interesting choices. 
I um, had a period of my life where I was really lost and I wasn't the best version of myself. And there were times when I was just downright not the best human being. Today, that's not who I am. And I haven't been that person for a very long time. And if somebody wants to go back and dig up all those things that I did in my past, then then okay, that's Mm. cool. But that's not who I am today. And if you can't forgive me for a mistake I made when I was 19, 20, 22, 24, and I'm in my 40s, what does that say about your past? Mm -hmm. Like we all do things that we wish we wouldn't have done. We all say things that we regret later. And we're like, oh my God, I was so stupid. Yeah, those choices. Yep. But we don't offer people the ability to change. We're just like, well, cancel them. They can't change. There's no redemption. Mm -hmm. Once you're done, you're done. Yes. It's it's like, it's brutal. Yes. When people tell, like, when people show us who they are, we should believe them. But we should also believe them if they start showing us that they are genuinely somebody different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel that, that, that timeline that has shrunk so much as well. It's so concentrated and yet it's so powerful. People, people who the, the dime is just turned quickly. Like in the case of, yeah, say an influencer where the tweet was dug up um, two years prior, or they're going to host the Oscars, but we, we discovered that um, this, that happened in the past, even let like, even in again in real time uh, you can have someone listen if they're showing up consistently and ine- inevitably a mistake might get made a teachable moment might occur but instead of teaching anyone or saying hey have you tried this perspective the pile on the mob mentality the commentary the cancellation ca- campaign begins when i came out of multi-level marketing i originally just sort of teed it up on my Instagram, like where everyone had seen me at first advertising these products and talking about I'm in this company and and my community. Then I, when I was ready, I decided to announce I'm no longer doing that. And here's why. And I was very soft footed about it. (laughs) You know, it was just, I don't know how this is going to go over and a lot of, and I was nervous. I was nervous about that. The point being, um, I, knew the cognitive dissonance that was really just so loud for me was seeing people talk about integrity and multi-level marketing, but then act so differently throughout, 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 um, and behave in a way of cheating and stacking and uh, manipulating the system in order to rank, to do this, to earn more money off the backs of people not earning money. And I came out of it kind of going like, I'm not about cancel culture or cancellation for, you know, um, you know, reasons that are, exacerbated or like where you say there's no forgiveness there's no grace like everything is so nuanced I'm not about canceling but I am about accountability so I was kind of in this accountability versus cancellation Mm -hmm. culture space and I wanted to explore that in terms of the ethics of multi-level marketing the ethics of any corporation the ethics of something like uh, political parties or political issues all of that and then the ethics of people, the ethics of people. So like you say, when they show you who they are and uh, that can be a constant evolving and you know uh, ever evolving thing, mm-hmm. um, we can believe them. And then we can, we can decide what our personal boundaries are 
in friendships, close intimate relationships or with parasocial and influencers and things like that? Do they get my follow? Do they get my dollar? Do they get my subscribe and support? Because maybe when they've showed me what they, who they are or what they stand for, I'm not aligned, but that's okay. And that doesn't mean they're canceled. It means I'd like to see them be more accountable for X, Y, or Z, because in my mind, that's what's right and fair, but you know, that kind of thing. So it's a, that's interesting. It's about finding all of those authentic boundaries for ourselves because mm -hmm. everybody's set of boundaries are different. And some people are, you know, they can be okay with certain things and other people are not okay with certain things. And I think that, you know, one of the, one of the pieces of who we are as people is better understanding what are my values? What are the things that are important to me? What are the things I'm willing to support? What are the things that I'm willing to just passively let go away? When am I willing to speak up and stand up? And what are the things that motivate me to do that? And, and I think a lot of that is always framed by our own experience with something and how we've been able to experience different people and situations and, and passing along experiences that we like when we're when we're parents and we want to teach our kids because we've had the same experience but we also have to understand that our kids are going to have to learn the hard way just like we did sometimes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm raising two boys and so not really truly having their experiences um plus I didn't have social media you didn't have social media that mm -hmm. whole fact that whole side of it in these young kids lives now but um I always tell my kids, Hey, this is the first time I've ever been anybody's parents. <laughs> so forgive me. Right. <laughs> Have grace with me too. <laughs> my, uh, my daughter, so she's six. Right. And, um, she said to me the other day, she was having a moment and she was being really like, she was being kind of over the top hyper. And I knew that she'd had a hard day trying to keep herself together. And so a lot of this was just her extra energy having to come out. But she was taking it to a place where it was becoming unsafe and obnoxious. And I had to tell her, I'm like, you need to dial it down. And she looks at me and she goes, mama, I just want to be me. Oh. And I said to her, I said, you know what, sweetie? I just want you to be you too. And I want you to feel free to be you. I just would like it to be dialed down from a 50 to like a 10. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. At least while we're in the car, because when we're in the car and you're doing all these big things, it distracts me. And then we could get into an accident. Do you want to get into an accident? And she says, no, I just want to be me. And I'm like, no. okay, <laughs> like fair enough. I just want to be me too. Good job, kid. I love it. Popular saying you do you boo boo, you know, right. popular saying, but then I, and I love a saying like that. And I love your daughter's attitude. I just want to be me. I'm just being me. A, because, and I just had this conversation this morning with my therapist, the uh, idea of who I am because of what I do, output and productivity or like what I deliver or, or just being, doing versus being, right? So right. I just want to be me. I love that. And then you do you, boo-boo, that kind of saying where... And, and, you know, in the anti multi-level marketing circles, we hear that a lot. Just let people live their lives. Just let people live their lives. Well, you do you boo-boo. However, when you, when there might be harm as a result, mm 
when the hyperactivity might lead to some chaos and disorder and possible accidents. Sure, like we got to dial it back. So there's that accountability, that accountability step. Well, and I, I mean, one of the, the places where I, you know, I try very hard in, in my content and even when I'm kind of getting a little in my passion or giving it back to somebody because I'm not one to be pushed around, right? Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, I don't tell people what to do with their lives. I'm like, I just put information out into the ether sphere. You had feelings about what I said because either right. you find it valid or because that's not who you view yourself as a person that you can't see the validity in what I'm sharing, right? Yeah. And that's okay. I'm just giving you options. I'm just <laughs> telling you that, that it's okay to ask questions. I'm telling you that it's okay to walk away. It's okay to not do things the way that you're being told that you have to do. Um, and, yes. and what you choose to do with your life is up to you. And I think that's kind of like the therapist in me because I have clients that'll come in that'll be like, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, that is not my job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that. And, and I think that that's like, what's funny is, is that people will perceive what I'm, what I'm putting out there in, in factual, whatever is me telling them what to do. And I'm like, I'm not telling anybody what to do other than when they want to like try to recruit my comment section and then I'm going to tell you that this is a boundary and you can't do that here and if you continue to do that here then yes I I will discontinue your ability to, to participate in anything that I'm doing yes yes that's awesome and yeah I mean I feel like um yeah, I, I feel like that's the doubt. That's doubt speaking up very loudly or, you know, a, a cognitive dissonance um, flickering when when someone gets defensive just based on hearing the options you present. You know what I mean? And they're immediately any kind of defense comes up or any kind of like stirring, you know, to uh, defend. And that's that's something too. like, hey, there there might be doubt. There might be doubt. Lean into it. Explore mm -hmm. it. It's okay. Right. Okay. Or, you know, prove me wrong. And I'm more than okay to hear your side of what's happening because everybody's perspective is valid and has value to a degree. Right. And, mm -hmm. and having that moment with folks of like, I'm not, that's just not what I do. That's not who I am as a person. Like, cool. And, and you, you don't get to know me based off of two or three minutes or yeah. a post that I put online. Like you don't get to know me in that time frame. But if yeah. you want to have a real conversation with me, my I always tell people like my messages are open. Yeah. Have at it. We can yeah. have a conversation. But it has to be a respectful conversation. And you don't get to threaten me and you don't get to call me names and you don't get to treat me with disrespect just because you disagree with me. Yeah. And or demand that time, demand more content, follow up, follow right. up on my timeline. Yeah. Right. Well, then I'm wondering, I'm curious as well, what your take on this kind of thing is. So let's say um, you have a personal or professional goal. There's something you want in your life to happen for you, for yourself, for your family. Wh how, where are you on a manifestation Um um, idea where are you on um how to get to goals like that of uh, taking action or like are you into journaling um affirmations you know having quips and quotes on the bathroom mirror starting each day with a mantra like tell me about 
where you stand with with that for yourself? So in other forums, I've been very vocal about my distaste for things like the the law of attraction, mm-hmm. um, because I, I believe that that then tells you that you have manifested life events that are negative into your 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 uh, experience that are, that are not accurate, right? Like people don't ask for certain tragedies to happen to them. It's just not a thing for me. So, um, but what I do is, is is with in other individuals and with myself, um, a lot of what I do is breaking it down into small manageable steps. And if it's, I just have to get through today and today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And that will get me, you know, a step closer or, um, I've always found it very unfair when you go into job interviews and like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, I I tell them for real, like, I didn't see myself here in five years ago. So like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't think that I don't personally don't think that far ahead. Right. Um, And that's just by nature of me trying to be very intentional about staying in the moment. Love, Um, love, I love that. Yeah. My eternal goal is always balance. It's always balance. And there are times in my life when that balance has meant that I've had to heavyweight my role as mother over my role as career person. Um, Or it's been where I've had to focus intensely on my career and getting to uh, the next level, um, whether it's licensing or when I finish my master's or whatever, like pushing through and and having to make sacrifice in my family life. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I, I have things that I would like to have happen in my world. And yes, I will sometimes put it out there for accountability. Like, and my dreams and goals are so way different than a lot of folks. Like my big goal right now is I want to go to Disneyland next year for Halloween. I want to do Halloween. I want to do all of that. I haven't ever done it at Halloween. That's the thing I want to do. Like I've done it at Christmas time. Every time I've ever been to Disney, it's been around Christmas. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And I have never seen the Haunted Mansion as a Haunted Mansion. I've only ever seen it as Nightmare Before Christmas. Just putting that out there. Okay. Um, But I really want, because Halloween is my time and like I'm a villains person and that's the time when the villains actually get to shine and like, that's what I want to do. But like to other people, like that sounds frivolous and silly, but for me, that's something that's balance worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to set the goal every year to go someplace different that I've mm-hmm. never been because a lot of my time off work is going back to my hometown to see family mm-hmm. because that's important. Yes. But I'm at the age where like, I don't want all of my vacation time to be going back to my hometown. I want to experience new things. So I purposefully set out one weekend a year. I do a, a women's convention and every year it's in a different location. Mm-hmm. So pretty much like this this upcoming february it's in a place i've already been but like the next year it's a place i've never been and i'm so excited yeah yeah awesome but like you know having that peace and understanding for me uh and, and this is different than a lot of folks like a lot of people if if you don't work towards the thing that you want if you're only ever just putting it out into the ether sphere that this is what i want but you're not willing to put the work into it then you're not going to get it yeah Yes, sometimes stuff just falls in our lap. And yes, sometimes the universe aligns itself just perfectly. But we also have to be willing to walk away from things. Because when we set these goals, they tend to get very concrete in our head. And if we don't hit that specific goal, we feel Mm -hmm. like failures. 
Yeah. When the path that we ended up on ended us someplace that's just as good. Oh, can be incredible. Can be right. incredible. You gotta be open to that. Yeah. Right. I like that. And just having those small little bite size daily or weekly. Okay, if Disney's my goal, want to take the family experience. Oh, I don't the- want to take the family. I want to go by myself. I will take the family because they're amazing, but I really just want to go by myself. Spooky season in Disney. Okay, I'm all, I'm good. But like, okay, so today am I, um, you know, is there, is, am I putting 10 bucks back in the savings account or am I uh, researching that Disney travel agent that friend told me about and just those little steps. I love it. I love it. Visualization can be strong. I agree with you on the law of attraction. Sometimes that is um, very out, out there a bit and woo woo. And then how do you explain? Yeah. The tragedy and the trauma and the, the, no one can control. I, things and experiences and um life moments but visualizing visualizing yourself on main street with the villain parade going by i think that's pretty strong and pretty uh but i I am a big motivating i am a big believer in affirmations and it's something that i use with clients because it actually has scientific backing um and that's kind of so I'm a very spiritual person but I also kind of go back to like what have we seen works mm-hmm. um and you know affirmations are huge and affirmations honestly are only really effective if they're heard out loud mm. and they are most effective if you hear them while you're looking at yourself because then it this is this is me right I am a worthwhile person. I am worthy of love. I can do hard things. I can say that all day long, not looking at myself and still not have it completely connect and feed me. Yeah. But I, it it, there is scientific backing like Stuart Smalley. Yes. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like me. My favorite and his little mirror. Yep. And people make fun of it because at the time, it sounded, it, it feels uncomfortable and it feels dorky and it feels hokey and it's like, Bleh. and especially if you don't already feel those things about yourself. Yes. The way yes. to make yourself actually believe those things is to hear it out loud, not just reading it silently to yourself because we can read things all day long and not internalize it. Yeah. There's something that happens with our auditory processing and the way it solidifies in our brain. And then when you're doing it and you're looking at yourself, there is actual scientific backing that it can change the way you view yourself as a person. Wow. Wow. Right. And not like the other example for people that might not remember Stuart Smalley is Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, but he takes it a little far. (laughs) That's great though. I don't, you know, yeah, I don't spend... I mean, I put my makeup on, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, I have mirrors in my bathroom, mm-hmm. but I don't, and I'm on, and I'm on a self-facing camera a lot, creating content or mm-hmm. creating um, perspectives and POVs for, for, for social media. I see myself, but not like that, not to the level of, no, am I, am I really talking to me? to my inner child, to the unhealed me, to the me that has those aspirations and dreams and goals and is giving herself grace and giving herself, you know, permission to fail. Yeah. 
am I really looking into me with that eye? Like, no, no, I can say right now, like I'm rushed and hurried and in a mirror and just making sure there's not spinach in my teeth and I move on. You know what I mean? That's pretty, pretty powerful. Well, and then we also look at that idea of having to be camera ready. Yeah. Like I see that even more and more. And that's another way that we put a mask on where we're not, we don't believe that we are valuable or what we have to say is valuable unless our face is palatable. And I can't tell you the thing that annoys me the most when I'm on a social media is when people say, please forgive me. I don't have my makeup on or please forgive me. My hair is not done. Or I'm like, so what? Like, who cares? You had a thought. You jumped onto social media to share the thought. When you're posting on Facebook, you don't care if your hair is a hot mess or you got a stain on your shirt. Like, why is it all of a sudden that we care about being? And that's that that piece where everybody wants that kind of fame thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we absolutely um, acquiesce to what, what we feel, again, what we feel people are expecting us to show up as. And that's, uh, you know, if I don't have eyebrows on or the hair beachy waves and whatever, I think that's why TikTok had such a great appeal for me. Coming out of 2020, I joined TikTok in that shelter in place, first signs of COVID season, right? March of 2020, I thought, let me see what this is all about. My kids are on it. It was more of like, let me investigate. What is this platform? I've seen Musical.ly, I've seen Vine, I, I get funny videos, but what's this? What What is this thing? And I was sucked in <laughs> immediately because trends and songs and just, you know, like lights, uh, you know, funny humor, all, little bits and absolutely short, uh, sh- short bite size consumable content. Mm-hmm. Give me more, give me more, but no filter, like not a ton of filters. Everybody doesn't have the toasted almond, you know, contoured cheek beach right. waved hair. Like Instagram is just uh, some days my algorithm on Instagram is just so curated and so aesthetically the same I can't tell who is who practically so it's like give me the people that are falling tripping uh stuttering over words and literally in that real time yeah giving me an honest an honest thought I love it I love it well that's yeah one of the things that I kind of like to ask people to talk about and and you you've shared a lot of pieces of it but are there any like major events in your life that you can identify that have kind of helped you tease out who you are, like how you've been able to kind of discover those pieces of your authentic self that you're like, nope, this is who I am and who it is has value. Mm, wow. Tasty morsel here. Megan. <laughs> we get personal today, girl. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I, I will say, um, all right, let's let's go here. When I went to college, uh, so so I was I was raised with an expectation: you graduate from high school and you go to college. And I believe my family, my parents, would have accepted if I had said I want to go to a junior college or let me start out with some coursework locally in a community college here. No, I wanted. I wanted to expand my world, expand my space to roam around in. I wanted to go to a big school and have that big experience. And I wanted to be independent, which in my 
in my 18 year old brain meant move farther away than one state really, you know, but I still had a support system. I still had resources, right. And privilege, I will say so, but it was getting away from the hometown. Let me get out of here, leave all this behind and go do the, go do things big in the world. I went to Arizona. I went to Arizona, actually. (laughs) I was in Tucson for, um, for two, for two solid years. And when I first got there, it was, let me again, do what people are expecting me to do. I I guess this is what we do. We rush Greek houses. Um, You join a sorority. If you're accepted, if you're, if you are pleasing enough, if you have done the right things and ticked the boxes for this house or that house or this philanthropic organization or whatever, right? Greek life. Um, And then, you know, you date boy and then you go to class and then you drink and then you had, and it's like date parties. And so I'm just fitting. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not unhappy, but I'm just in a life that seemed mapped out ahead of time. And, and taking with me the baggage and the, the mechanisms and coping skills that I had, you know, probably come up with as a child to get through stress or not really knowing who I am or not really connecting with something authentic and, and following a, um, a dream or, a, or, or an intuitive, this is what I want. I don't want, I don't think sorority life is for me. I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have that. I just went with what was expected and with what felt, I guess, safe. However, um, and I will, and so I would dabble though. I would dabble. So I wanted to be an actress. I thought theater and acting was for me and this, per- this performing, uh, putting on characters and developing um, a performing arts, uh, flexing that muscle, right? So I go into the fine arts program, but I don't believe enough in, I don't believe enough and connect enough to who I am underneath all of this other, mm-hmm. other ex- external things. I'm simply attending the classes and doubting all along the way that I'm as good as that person or that person, or that I could ever, I didn't even know what it meant to be in a play. I didn't, I didn't explore any of this in high school. So here I am trying to pursue a dream. Like, yeah, I think, I think I want to try theater and comedy and acting and, and voice work. And I believe I can sing. However, I let everything else get in the way. And I let I don't know if it's self-doubt or just these, um, I didn't have those affirmations, right? I didn't connect with who I am. So I got a little, I would say that was like my getting a little lost, getting a little lost time. Um, so that, those events of that first college experience, I learned, I learned so much. I learned that I don't have to follow those paths that, there could be a crash and burn when you're not listening to your intuition, when you're not connecting to who you are and, um, and taking unknown, uncharted, even discouraged pathways. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was kind of big because I failed hard. I failed hard. I had to reroute and do different things. And yeah. Um, it did, it did not work out. I did not stay at Arizona. I did not, um, I did not finish a fine arts program 
there. I, I was truly like, well, I don't know what's next. And so that, that was eye opening to me because, um, there was things I wanted, but I, I really just ignored and didn't nur- nurture that part of myself at all just really was going through some motions and by way of that made terrible choices um was in in was in some really toxic relationships and friendships and behaviors to be honest yeah so that was um that was how how did it bring me to who I I am today I feel like as a parent I'm going to understand when my kids might have a season like that or might you know, um, I'm prepared to help my children if they have those big self-doubts or if I feel they're being drawn or pulled or encouraged in directions that might not align with their intuitive selves, for instance. <laughs> yeah. You're always very open about even like your journey with mental health and Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, How has like having labels for what you experience, how has it been helpful for you? And how has it kind of been harmful in some ways? Because labels cut with both edges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, um, that's a good question because funny enough, after all we've talked about here, social media and these accessible platforms online through the early 2000s helped me identify what was going on with me, which is the body-focused repetitive behaviors, trichotillomania and nail biting, and just the fidgeting and skin picking. I was able to see some content and see real people talking about this condition in their lives. And so having is, if that's what you're kind of saying, having a name to, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. This isn't just a bad habit. This isn't just a negative thing in my life and aesthetically making me not very attractive because an eyelash is missing or there's a bald spot on my head. So I was able to see and relate to and garner from other people's real experiences or at least what they were presenting online. Oh, cool. I'm not alone. This doesn't have to be this horrible secret, bad habit behavior that I carry along in life. Totally shame filled about this is, this exists and it is, um, a real thing. And I can probably find more help and support for that. Um, and that opened that door that opened that door in opening that door. And then reading up on what this is and doing more research and finding therapies and things, I was able to let go. It was a real sense of relief not to feel alone in it. And then to not have finally come to some self-acceptance about it as well. Uh, For instance, um, instead of struggling through whether I'm going to wear a a wig or a a scarf today or draw on some eyebrows or, or glue on some false eyelashes or not, I have choices and I, I've come a long way in, I can show up this way or that way. And it's like you said, you know, there's, um, there's, there's camera ready, quote unquote. And then there is, how do I feel about me today? And as if, 
so that's trichotillomania and my mental health journey in exploring all of it, including some anxiety and some depression and all of that over the past 20 years. I feel um, that it's, it's been be very beneficial, very beneficial to have a name to it and um, be able to talk about it like on, on your show here or in my social media, because again, I just wanted to help people or like do what other ha others had done for me, bring awareness to it and say, you're not alone. And, um, and I hope that answers that question. It's yeah. I think too, one of the things that happens is, is that it, it creates that sense of connection and it also allows people that don't know that there's a name for certain things, that this is an actual condition or this is an actual reason why this person might look different or what's going on with them and, and get even general people to understand that even more so we don't know what other people are going through. Mm -hmm. We have no clue about their story. We have no clue about their journey as human beings. And we're so quick to make a snap judgment about them based off of something superficial or a brief mm -hmm. interaction or what could be like the worst day of their life, but we have no idea. Mm -hmm. And and having that ability to, to show people like, nope, this is a real thing. And, you know, the people that are stronger, like you and I, who are able to kind of twist that at folks and being like, yeah, you want to, you want to talk smack about me because of something that's out of my control and I didn't ask for cool. What does that say about you, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's a door that was flung wide open in discovering, oh, this is called trichotillomania, or this is called a body focused repetitive behavior. And I can actually learn more about this, learn more about myself and connect with myself in this disorder. Um, it flung doors wide open. Cause as you say that now I immediately have compassion, I feel, and I at least have a seed planted, like someone else is having a lived experience that's very different than mine in mental health, in their sexuality, in their um, cultures, in their religion. So let me, let me take a minute and take a beat where I think previously in my life, again, living in expectations others had for me, living in and performing through what life path was sort of um, predetermined as it, as it were. And now I'm like, I'm over here. Like, no, I'm no, I have a, um, a real situation. I have, um, I have my own struggles and shame. I want to kind of expose it and shed it. Um, I don't need to do that on a public platform, but I, I, I choose to, whether I do it in therapy privately or on a public platform, this is helping me understand other human beings a little, a little bit better, or at least have a baseline to, to say, okay, yeah, what kind of, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes of what kind of day this person's having. And I do not have their lived experience, nor do they have mine. Um, yeah, that, that was, that was a key component in unpacking all, all of this um, and taking it also from um, just an, an aesthetic issue, like how to, how to, how to still show up with some sort of um, 
you know, beauty standards within some beauty standards, you know, lash extensions are a big thing now, microbladed brows, the bushy eyebrows gelled and soaked up. You know what I mean? Like I, Mm -hmm. Hey, it's like, I'm, this is me. And, um, trick is trick. And, um, and you know, other disorders or other disorders. And like, I'm, I, I just don't, I just, at least I'm at a place where, um, I got a long way to go, but I'm, I'm at least at a place where I, I'm not in denial and, or in that shame anymore. Right. Cause that is, that was so heavy and so burdensome and so dark, so dark. Um, but there's a long way to go. Believe me. (laughs) But I also think like one of the, one of the things that I've had to come into terms with and, and more so in my forties, um, and, and definitely started in my trends in my twenties. Cause I am very open about the fact that I was a punk rock kid. And like, I was always against the norm and doing whatever to be rebellious and that kind of deal. But one of the things that I I've come to understand and embrace when it comes to authenticity is that idea that yes, things are trendy. Yes. There are different fashion things that come out. First of all, everything's recycled from like 30 years ago. It just yeah. always repeats itself. <laughs> Um, like, yep. Or, you know, 200 years ago with the, the latest prairie home trend things that are happening. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> um, it, yeah. it, it becomes a really big punchline here in Arizona because we were the seat of one of the, uh, fundamental LDS, uh, compounds. Warren yeah. Jeffs used to live here. Right. Um, so we're always like, oh, are, are, are we getting more people integrating out of that, that, you know, further North sect? Um, and that's why they have these at target in phoenix um plus it's super hot here so why would you it just anyway why do you Um, want to do that on you yeah sleeves lot like i don't understand um but trends are always changing Mm -hmm. they're always changing and the people that try to keep up with them can never keep up with them because they're always changing but what never tends to go out of style is our ability to say this works for me it might not be what's hot or what you know you see normally but like this this works for me and trying on different trends at times can help us figure out what works for us yeah but I have been able to say okay you know I was very excited when the big eyebrow trend came back into play I'm sorry but like I grew (laughs) up in the 90s where you had to like have the super pencil thin ones and I look terrible with that because I've always had a fuller brow just always yeah. And so I got very excited that I was able to have in brows again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, well, you know, but this is, this is, I can't, I tried to have them super thin at one point and it just did not work. It looked yes. like chronically surprised. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so it's like, yay. And, but, you know, at the same time, it, in that moment, it gave me permission to just be who I am genetically, organically, whatever. And I think yes. that that's, that's that piece, right? Is that you're able to look at stuff and go, you know, that's cool for you. That doesn't work for me. And in two weeks, it'll be different again anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, exactly. I am so grateful you asked me to be on with you and have this conversation. I'm glad that you were like, yes, please. Cause I feel yeah. like I'm, I feel like I'm running a weird psychological experiment. You were like, what? You want me to do what? We're just having a conversation. It's not that serious. Yeah. So um, the way that I always wrap up is I ask my guests to tell me two things that they love and appreciate about themselves today. Mm. 
Oh, wow. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is good. Well, uh, two things I love and appreciate about myself. I do. Oh, wow, Megan. I know, right? <laughs> I love about myself that I'm, I am. Okay. Wow. How do I, where do I start? You'll have to edit these pauses out. <laughs> nope. Cause this is authenticity. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just, uh, ride, lean, ride lean into the discomfort that you're experiencing with me having asked this question. All right. All right. Cause you know, again, it's like, it's like, don't talk about the kids. Don't talk about what you love that you do for your family doing, doing, doing versus being. So this is so, so interesting. So interesting. I love about myself that I am very much fulfilled by experiences anymore rather than material items and things and components. Um, I like to be comfortable. I like to feel safe and surrounded by the delightful things however I used to seek out um fulfillment in things purchased and things acquired materially and I really do love about myself that I want experiences I want that emotional imprint from an experience like a trip or like that manifested Disney trip or for me it's a mountain or a beach or the museum with my husband and we're getting into more date days and things like that and I I go by myself to um places that will again may help me feel centered and balanced so experiences versus material. I love that about myself. <laughs> and I do, you know what I do love about myself and I appreciate about myself is Michelle and I call it chronic. She was, she gave me this term the other day, chronically optimistic. I am. And I'm chronically optimistic. And I infuse that sensibility of optimism and humor into every single day of my life. I want to laugh. And like I said, I, I want to make people laugh and I want to be part of joy, like joyous and hopeful uh, moments, conversations and shared jokes or sensibilities. Um, so, I feel eternally youthful in that way. Like it's a, I feel eternally youthful and I'm, I'm just, I appreciate that about myself. <laughs> still really uncomfortable. I know. <laughs> it's super cute. I love it. Oh man. That question makes people, it, it, it tends to make us uncomfortable just because we don't, we don't get the opportunity to recognize those things because we are usually busy doing um, but we've also been taught a lot of times that we're not allowed to share 
positive pieces of who we are from our perspective, because that's ego or that's conceit instead of it's confidence and healthy self-esteem to be able to talk about the things that we know about ourselves that are good. Right. Yeah. I think you're amazing. So like, there's that. (laughs) And, and I'm pretty good judge of character. You know, um, I do kind of read people for a living. Yeah. Yep. Saying, um, but one of the things that that I have always enjoyed about you as a person um, is just the fact that like you're you do kind of throw it all out there and you are very much a person that sits back and observes and thinks before you speak and reflects before you speak and always coming from that place of my intention is not to offend. My intention is just to shed light. And sometimes we have to do that using humor. <laughs> right because it's a little less offensive when we bring the humor to it yes. um and just you're 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 one of those people that when somebody needs help or like they they're asking for guidance or like they they aren't really sure what to do you're one of the people that does show up and it's like how can I be helpful like what do you need what how can I be helpful even if it's, hey, just leave me alone or like, hey, this is what's up. It's that, how can I be helped? If, if, and knowing that like, if you aren't the one that can connect them where they need to be, you connect them to other people that can connect them to where they need to be. And I think that's just amazing. Oh, thank you. I do appreciate that. I see that. I see that. Thank you. Thank you, um, Megan. If people want to find you and connect with you, where can they find you? You know, I, uh, I'm hanging out these days on Instagram and TikTok and they are both at the Jenny Wild and that's J-E-N-N-I-W-I-L-D at the Jenny Wild. That's where you'll find me. And Jenny is wild. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it wild. We we keep it we keep it wild. I I am grateful for you. This was a gift to just you, you are a gift and I want to say thank you so much for the invitation and for accepting my my uh, volunteerism to be here today because I, I this is amazing this is amazing and you are amazing I appreciate amazing. that yeah. I'm just trying to to make the world a little different not necessarily good not necessarily bad just a little different and I think that it's important for us to know that we all have value no matter what our walk of life we all have value Thank you again for joining us for this edition of the Authenticity Experiment. Everything you need to know will be linked in the show notes, especially how to get in touch with our guests from today if you are interested in finding ways to connect with them more and ways to connect with me if you are interested in having this conversation yourself. I appreciate all of you who have taken the time to support this project and I will see you down the road.